Hey, hope you had a great weekend, and welcome to our Tuesday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, and uh, we are continuing uh, to go through the life of David. We're kind of in that time period of Scripture, and uh, remember that we are going in a chronological order, and so we we jump from one book to the other, kind of trying to keep it in a, in a relative uh, chronological uh, time frame. So today we're going to be reading 2 Samuel 19 through 23, 2 Samuel 19 through 23, and 1 Chronicles 18 through 20. So 1 Chronicles 18 through 20, and then Psalm 60. Um, so these all go together. Some of it will be uh, duplicated. Um, and and what, what you see, uh, you'll see a little bit of differences between uh, the accounts in Samuel and in Chronicles. Uh, Samuel goes into much more detail on David's life and, and brings up more of the ugly details of David's life. So starting off in uh, uh, chapter 19 of 2 Samuel, um, if you remember last time we ended with uh, Absalom, David's son, who had kind of uh, caused a civil war, basically, and was trying to throw David out, and David had left Jerusalem, um, but Absalom was killed. Remember, his head, hair got caught up in the, uh, in the tree, and then, and then he was killed, um, and David was very upset by this. The, the last thing uh, we see is the David mourning uh, for Absalom. He says, oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died in your place, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. So chapter 19 uh, begins with that. It's kind of this, uh, it starts off, it says, Behold, the king is weeping and mourning for Absalom. So the victory that day was turned into mourning for all the people. For the people who heard it uh, said the king is grieved for his son. So it's kind of interesting what's happening here. Um, this was a victory because David was now uh, going to be able to re, uh, resume uh, being on the throne. Um, so it was putting down uh, a, a an insurrection, if you will. Um, but David just sees this as the loss of his son, and so he is mourning. And so all the people are like, well, I guess we're not supposed to be happy, even though this was a victory. Um, and so they, they didn't know exactly what to do. And uh, Joab, and David's main general, kind of, he calls David out. He says, uh, today you have disgraced all your servants who today have saved your life, uh, the lives of your sons and daughters, wives, concubines, um, in that you love your enemies and hate your friends. For you have declared today that you regard neither princes nor servants. Uh, for today I perceive that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died, then it would have pleased you well. Wow, you know, he's definitely calling it, and and I I definitely see both sides here, right? I understand David's mourning for his son, but David had a bigger had another role to play as well. He was king, and these people had given their lives to protect him as well. And so by David uh, mourning his son in such a dramatic fashion. Um, it, it was sending kind of mixed uh, messages and mixed signals. And so David, interestingly, uh, you know, he gets called out by Joab. Uh, he does, he kind of goes out to the people and calls them to him and, and uh, kind of to, to keep that relationship as well. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't know exactly what the best takeaway from that is, except it does show 
the humanness of David as, as a father losing his son, uh, and that, that that kind of started to overshadow the fact that he was king. But then he realized, no, I have responsibilities uh, as king over the, the people as well. Um, and, and so I need to do what is right by the people um, uh, and acknowledge what has happened here. Uh, and he does, and he kind of saves face, uh, if you will. So in, uh, starting in chapter 9, uh, we have David returning to Jerusalem, and we start seeing some seeds of discord between uh, what is considered Israel, which are the northern tribes, and Judah, the southern tribes. Uh, many of the tribes of Israel um, didn't necessarily want to come back and reunite under David. Um, and they uh, go and they talk to a guy named Amasa, um, and, and he kind of convinces them. He hears, and, and he's kind of a de facto leader in a, in a way, has some sway uh, with uh, Israel, the people of Israel. And, and so they all uh, kind of have a tentative agreement, and they return, and David uh, returns to Jerusalem um, and, and begins to, to rule again. Um, so we, we can send you to see kind of some, some of these little interactions that David has. He shows mer- mercy to Shimei. Shimei had sided with, uh, uh, with Saul um, uh, and Saul's family after Saul had died, um, and you know, he had given advice and it wasn't listened to, and so he had left. Uh, but David comes upon him, and Shimei um, uh, asked for forgiveness. He says, For I, your servant, know that I have sinned. Therefore, here I am, the first to come today to the house of Joseph to go down to meet my Lord, the king. Uh, and he asked for uh, mercy. Uh, David's advisors actually tell him, No, you. Probably you should hold this guy accountable, but at this time David uh, shows shows him mercy uh, and does not have him killed. Uh, then David and Mephibosheth meet. Remember Mephibosheth, uh, Jonathan's son, did not uh, leave when David left, and and he has an excuse. He says he was he was lame and he was kind of tricked and wasn't able to get out. Um, and David shows him mercy as well, uh, even though he had stayed with Absalom. Uh, we don't necessarily know that he supported Absalom, but he didn't leave uh, when David uh, and and his men left Jerusalem. He stayed there in Jerusalem. Uh, but David, again, shows mercy to him uh, as he had in the past. Um, he shows kindness to uh, a man named Bar- Barzillai. <laughs> Barzillai and uh, was helping him and had, had uh Given was a wealthy man, had given a lot of support to the army. And so uh, as David moves across the Jordan, is going to back to Jerusalem, he tells Barzillai, hey, why don't you come with me? Uh, and uh, Barzillai says, no, I'm really old, and I'm not going to live too much longer. Um, why don't you uh, take, and this is, a, is Chimham, that's a that's a good a good word a good name for you, um, and so uh, Chimham, who was a part of the household of Barzillai, uh, goes with David, and David honors him, um, and then we we get to verse forty there in chapter nineteen, and again we see more tension starting between Israel and Judah. Uh, we, we start to see that there is a, a split um, and there's an argument, uh, but at this time, uh, the, the men of Judah are stronger, and, and, and so there's a, a tentative peace that we see. 
But that goes right into chapter 20, which talks about the rebellion of Sheba. Sheba uh, is a Benjamite, and uh, it says he blew a trumpet, and he said, We have no share in David, nor do we have inheritance in the sons of Jesse, every man to his tent, so Israel. So he is he's kind of causing a—he deserts David um, and, and goes up into the northern uh, areas. And, and basically, he's, you can tell he's going to try to uh, foment rev, uh, revolution. So uh, David asked Amasa, who had helped to kind of bring some peace earlier, to go um, and uh, and to assemble the men of Judah. But he delayed longer, it says he delayed longer than the set time which David had appointed him. So then David sent uh, Abishai and Joab, uh, and they, they go. Well, they come across Amasa. And Joab actually kind of comes up to Amasa and pretends everything's okay and then kills him. So obviously Amasa you know, isn't doing what he should be doing and, is, and seems to be wavering on his support uh, for David. Um, and, and so then Joab, they catch up to uh, uh, Sheba. And this is interesting in verse 16 there, chapter 20, says, Then a wise woman cried out from the city, Hear, here, please say to Joab, come nearby that I may speak with you. So uh, the, the armies of uh, Joab, the armies of David, have now surrounded the city that Sheba has gone to. Um, and uh, the people, they're like, hey, we, we don't want you to, to take us out. So it, it's interesting, it says, a wise woman, the wisdom of this woman, um, they cried out to Joab, and the woman said to Joab, watch his head will be thrown to you over the wall. Then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people, and they cut off the head of Sheba and threw it out to Joab. Joab. <laughs> so the, the, the woman decides, you know what? I, I think it's better for us to take out Sheba than it is to go against uh, David and Joab. Thought that's interesting. It just it shows you kind of the culture that we're in that that there's there, there's tension here. Um, that you know, again, this goes all the way back to the danger of having a king and beginning to rely on a earthly king rather than our heavenly king. And and you see how that is starting to unravel. Um, even as David was an overall very good king and a strong king. Um, Problems are starting to arise. Uh, in Second uh, Samuel uh, twenty-one, um, you have uh, an interesting uh, situation where there's a, a famine, and it comes to David's knowledge that the Lord tells him this is because of what Saul has done to the Gibeonites. Uh, Saul had wiped out the Gibeonites that had broken treaties with them, um, and so the Gibeonites, uh, David. Uh, asked the the Gibeonites, what would you uh, want as recompense? And the Gibeonites say, we need seven people from the house of Saul. And so they actually kill those people. Uh, but then David takes the the bones and, and puts them in the house of Saul. It's kind of an interesting thing, kind of shows uh, the, the the idea of, of justice that the Gibeonites felt that uh, if we if, if we're able to to kill seven people uh, then that will uh, atone if you will for what Saul did many years before so you have the, that situation that is is going on um, then you have 
more battles with Philistines, talks about uh, more Philistine giants. In fact, there's a brother of Goliath. Um, talk about a giant who has uh, 24 digits, right? He has uh, six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, uh, but, but yet uh, David's brother uh, kills him whenever he defies uh, Israel. And then we get to 2 Samuel 22. Um, this is a uh, basically a psalm. It's uh, very similar to Psalm 18. Uh, and it's kind of a, we're getting close to the end of David's life. And this is uh, appears to be kind of a psalm as David is looking back on his life, seeing all of the ups and downs, uh, but how God has been faithful to him uh, through it all. I encourage you to read Psalm 22. There's a few things. Uh, verse 5, when the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodly Godliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and I cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. That God is always there, no matter how desperate we may be. Uh, verse 21, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from iniquity. Uh, Again, of course, we know that David did some horrible things, but he recognizes that he uh, atoned for those, that he uh, repented of those sins, and he believes that God has forgiven him. Uh, verse 32, for who is God except the Lord? Who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power. He makes my way perfect. Uh, he, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer, sets me on the high places, teaches my hands to make more war so that my arms can bend the bow of bronze. Right, That God has always given him strength. It ends, verse 47, the Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. It is God who avenges me, subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. Right? So he's everything is recognizing God's place uh, in his life. And then we get to chapter 23. These are getting close to the very end of David's life. Some of his last words um, in uh, verse 3 says, the God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Um, I thought that was that was very interesting. It says, the rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. It's an interesting connection there, right, of being just and ruling in the fear of God. Right? Um, it's important that we seek to do God's justice of what God sees as just rather than doing what we perceive as just. Sometimes those can be a little bit different, but that means that you have to have a fear of the Lord, right? That there is a respect, there is a, a desire to follow God that then leads to ruling in a just way. Um, and the further away leadership and government gets from fearing God, um, I believe the less just they become. And well, there's lots of examples that we could say of <laughs> of how that works out throughout history, um, but but I, I really I like the connection that David uh, makes there between having a fear for of the Lord and being able to rule in a just manner.
Um, that con- continues on. It, I have a list there of David's mighty men uh, at the, uh, the second part of chapter uh, 23, all those people who have been with David. Uh, we've read uh, about them before. Now, now we kind of transition to First Chronicles 18. First uh, Chronicle uh, 18, is this, this is kind of re- repeating a little bit of what we've just talked about. So going back through through many of the battles uh, that David has had, um, what you'll notice is that Chronicles skips skims over them much more quickly than Samuel. Again, it's a much um, more positive spin. It doesn't get into all of the negative things. Like it doesn't even talk about David and Bathsheba, um, but it does hit some of the the victories, and we see that uh, in chapter eighteen, talking about some of the different. Uh, victories. This is probably going all the way back to our podcast uh, on last Tuesday, hitting some of those victories that we talked about them. Um, and uh, and then I do want to throw in, it's, it's talking about some of these uh, uh, battles against Edom and things like that. And there's a Psalm 60 uh, is, is very specific when it was written. It says um, it was uh, written when he fought against Mesopotamia and Syria and Zobah and Joab returned and killed 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. So this was a very specific time when this psalm was written. Uh, verse 4, I love, of, of the Psalm 60. It says, You have given a banner to those who fear you, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Right? So the, the banner uh, that is given because they feared the Lord and they were seeking to do what God desired. Um, and that, was, that could be displayed because it was the truth. Um, uh, it, it, that psalm ends, uh, verse 9, Who will bring me to the strong city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, O God, who cast us off? And you, O God, who did not go out with our armies? Give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless." Through God we will do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. Again, kind of this constant recognition that it is God who is doing this. It is ultimately God who is delivering victory uh, to them. Um, verse or Chapter 19, uh, we have the Ammonites and the Syrians uh, defeated. Um, verse 13. 13, it says, be of good courage. Let us be strong for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. Again, recognizing that they are seeking to do uh, what they believe uh, God has, has, has given them and that God delivers the victory to, uh, to them. And then going into uh, chapter 20, um, we can Continue to see, you know, more of the the battles that uh, David won, and then it ends uh, talking about uh, defeating the Philistine giants, and and talks about that same guy who had uh, six fingers on each hand and six toes on on both feet. Uh, so we we have again uh, some rehashing of some of the same uh, things, and remember these are written um, a few hundred years apart. Um, you know, Samuel would have been written uh, much closer to the the time uh, that that these events happen. Chronicles is much later, um, and and looking back, and uh, and is a little uh, a little less critical uh, of David. But yet, both of these they reiterate uh, that these were historical events that happened. Um, so as you can see, we have some political intrigue that's starting. You have the seeds of, uh, of a division between Israel and Judah uh, already, and, uh, and we will see how that continues as we move forward. So for Thursday, 
Um, read Second Samuel 24, and then we're, we've got quite a few different places. So Second Samuel 24, First Kings chapters 1 and 2, First Chronicles chapter 21, and then Psalm 4 through 6. 4 through 6. So that's 2 Samuel 24, 1 Kings 1 and 2, and then 1 Chronicles chapter 21, and then Psalms 4, 5, and 6. All right, hope to see you on Thursday.